Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside Studio 34. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, and I am Frank Stamfel. Have a fun show planned for you today. I'm going to recap last night's game, a barn burner between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers, the formerly undefeated San Francisco 49ers. Also going to be taking a deep dive into the waiver wire today. Running backs, wide receivers, QB streams, tight end streams, defensive streams, and to help me do that, my good buddy, E.Y., Eric Young. What's going on, E.Y.? Frankie, another beautiful day in Nashville. When I say beautiful, uh, it's frozen. It snowed a little bit. People are panicking and not going to work. It's absolutely hilarious for a person that lived in Canada. Um, I mean, it's wild. It's, it's To some people, it's Armageddon. The sun is shining. It is cold outside, but there's no snow on the road. I mean, I guess there could be a little bit of ice, but it's not that big of a deal. If you never hear from me again, then you know that the cold weather and snow has killed me. 
and it was nice to know you. I'm sure that there is nothing in this world that can kill you, EY, especially not the cold weather and snow, as you mentioned. Being from Canada yourself, um, it, I would imagine this is what Parts Unknown looks like, right? Yeah, I mean, I talk about being from Nashville every day, but Parts Unknown is awesome, hilarious, and old-school wrestling. I love it. Um, and yeah, and I do have a theory about living forever. Uh, too strong to, to uh, too rare to live, too strange to die. That's That's my moniker. So you're just going to join Frank Gore in that you are the Infinity Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's losing power and I'm gaining it. Yeah, that's what it looks like right now, right? Greg Sussman, all he had to do was go to Nashville and, and he brings the cold weather and the snow with him, huh? Is that how this works, EY? Yeah, well, the the, the offer of dinner and drinks and, and, and uh, a good time tonight is just basically a lure to, to trap him here and uh, take out the cold weather on, on Greg and his beautiful new wife. <laughs> Honestly, I was half hoping that he would have been there already and he would just like come running into the room and just scream, yo, and start the show. Uh, but it's all right. You know, there's, there are other things that I can waste wishes on uh, for the rest of my lifetime, EY. That doesn't have to be one of them. But no, I mean, it would have been, it would have been cool. I did think about it, but, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're having fun. They're downtown, uh, sightseeing and checking out, uh, Nashville and gonna, gonna head out to Franklin, Tennessee, my hometown, uh, just as basically a suburb of Nashville. And, uh, we'll get, uh, get a little sideways tonight and see what happens. Yeah. I'm sure Frank Stanfield in the fantasy BFFs is the furthest thing on the mind of Greg Sussman uh, and his new wife. So uh, I'm not going to bother him with any of that, but I do want to recap some of last night's game, EY. This was an awesome game. For people that have been complaining about Monday Night Football and primetime and why don't we ever get good games? I mean, this was an awesome game. A lot of back and forth. We saw defense on both sides here. The Seattle Seahawks end up pulling this one out, 27-24. Uh, you can argue, you know, some questionable play calling. I think on both sides, you know, people are talking about uh, Kyle Shanahan should have been more aggressive, you know, going back to his days when he was the OC of the Atlanta Falcons, right? Seemed like that's something that's always really hampered him. But on the other side, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks were driving in overtime and Russell Wilson throws an interception. That wasn't necessary either. So I think you can bash both sides here, but ultimately a really, really fun game and I know that the closer, Chris Ventra, is going to die on the hill of Jimmy Garoppolo no matter what. And I will say this. His wide receivers last night were bad. They presented the splits that while Emmanuel Sanders was in the game, um, Garoppolo looked a lot better. Obviously, the completion percentage was up. He didn't have any turnovers once he went out. I know an interception off the hands of Kendrick Bourne. But I will say this. On that final drive in regulation, Jimmy Garoppolo threw about three passes into the chest of Seattle Seahawks defenders that should have been intercepted. Uh, and I tweeted this out last night. Drink. It looked like, and as a Jet fan, I know, I know what this looks like. It looks to me like Jimmy Garoppolo was seeing some ghosts last night, EY. Yeah, I think that's going to uh, forever live on in the lexicon of uh, fantasy football, the ghost. Uh, Maybe Sam Darnold's greatest contribution to football so far, and uh, which <laughs> You're is not sad. wrong. But I mean, the game was great. Uh, I mean, you can question the play calling, uh, not being super aggressive. Yeah, both defenses looked up to the task, uh, except for catching the ball. That throw to to Bourne. I mean, he had both of his hands on it. As, as an NFL wide receiver, you have to catch that ball. Like, I'm not catching that ball. I can't even jump that high. I, I can barely it. hold on to a football with one hand. Um, but I mean, he got both hands on it. He's got to come down with that. So uh, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have a dog in that fight. I was kind of hoping that San Francisco was going to win. I, I, I like them. I love the defense. Uh, have always liked Shanahan. Love the defensive coach on the San Francisco uh, San Francisco side. And I do. Um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna bet the farm on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do like him as a quarterback, especially in that system. But he's got to get some help from his wide receivers. Absolutely. They were just brutal. It wasn't Ken- just Kendrick Bourne. Marquise Goodwin dropped a few passes. Debo Samuel, as great of a night that he had, he dropped a pivotal pass as well. So the wide receivers got to get better. I understand. No George Kittle last night. Emmanuel Sanders left early in that game. So you kind of give Jimmy Garoppolo the benefit of the doubt. But there were times last night where he did look shaky again. That final drive in regulation. He should have thrown three interceptions on that drive alone. The backfield situation for he uh, for the 49ers here, EY, just super frustrating once again. Tevin Coleman, 41 snaps. Raheem Mostert, 18 snaps. Matt Breida, 24 snaps. Matt Breida re-aggravated his ankle injury. Surprise, surprise. You know what that means. He'll be back in week 11, and he'll probably rush for 200 yards because that's what it seems like happens every single time Matt Breida gets hurt is he bounces back the next week, and he's even better. I will say this, when it comes to Tevin Coleman, since that four-touchdown game against the Carolina Panthers, he has just 105 total yards in two games and zero touchdowns. So this is a very fluid situation. I will say if Matt Breida cannot play in Week 11 against the Arizona Cardinals, then Tevin Coleman is going to be a very, very popular play, and Raheem Mostert is going to be a valuable pickup as well. Got to pay attention to Matt Breida. I saw it just before the show started. He could be in line to miss some time. When we come back, we'll finish wrapping up this game. We'll talk about the waiver wire, the fantasy BFFs, and the Sports Grid TV network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. 
Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever live on the Sports Grid TV network, Zumo Channel 719, the Stir Network as well. Recapping last night's game between the Seahawks and the 49ers. The Seahawks pull it off 27 to 24 in overtime. Just wanted to hit on a few more topics here, EY, and I think it leads right into the waiver wire discussion as well. Emmanuel Sanders dealing with this rib injury and without him on the field, we saw Debo Samuel go 8 for 112. That is, Those are both career highs so far. Young career, rookie, obviously. 11 targets, 24% of the target share. Of his 112 receiving yards, 71 yards after contact. And you've heard people talk about this, that Debo Samuel is a running back. He is a power back once he has the ball in his hands. And you saw that last night. And I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the smarter offensive coordinators. He knows how to get the most out of his weapons, and I think throwing those short screen passes to Debo and just letting him do work after the catch make a lot of sense. EY, how interested are you going to be in Debo Samuel this week when setting up your waiver wire claims, considering that right now it looks like Emmanuel Sanders could potentially miss some time with his rib injury? Yeah, if he's not owned, I feel like you do have to go after him. Uh, Some more bye weeks this week, Uh, and Debo Samuel is built i mean and made you know skill set wise body type everything for this style of uh, of offense i mean obviously um you, you just said that the stat of of the yards after the catch is huge in this guy's game uh and sanders not being there i feel like debo sable becomes the one and i do want to pour a little bit out for for pettis you know i mean what what on earth happened? This is this is a guy that was supposed to be the number one in San Francisco. Uh, I believe was drafted that way uh, in the in the off season. I've got him on a ton of best balls, and he's been useless, completely useless. Uh, I think they threw at him once last night, and he didn't catch it. It was behind him, but I mean, what happened? What happened to Pettis? You know, EY, I wish I had the answer because I, too, was a Dante Pettis supporter. Anyone who watches or listens to this show knows that 
I was talking up Dante Pettis in the offseason, in the draft season, and this was a guy that I think a lot of people, you know, rode to fantasy championships last year. You know, he really came on strong in that final month of the season. I don't know what happened. I know that throughout training camp, there was something going on between him and Kyle Shanahan. Either he wasn't picking up on the offense or he wasn't giving it his full effort because, you know, he was playing deep into these preseason games. And ultimately, it just hasn't worked out because even in a game when Emmanuel Sanders leaves with an injury and you have Kendrick Bourne dropping passes here, you have Marquise Goodwin dropping passes on the other side of the field, you would think that that's a perfect opportunity to get Dante Pettis involved it's just a weird situation because I think what we saw last year in the final month was not a fluke. I think that this guy can actually play in the NFL, and I think it's an interesting juxtaposition here, EY, to see that both Dante Pettis and Christian Kirk were drafted in a similar range throughout the draft season, in that 6th, 7th, 8th round range in drafts, and look at what Christian Kirk just did, over 100 yards and three touchdowns, and Dante Pettis out here dropping passes, not even playing. So uh, I think it's it's a fair question, and I'm not sure that anyone has the answer, but there's definitely something going on behind the scenes between Dante Pettis. Maybe it's uh, involving Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, whatever it might be. On the other side of the football, Chris Carson, another 25-carry game last night. 200 carries now on the season. That is second in the NFL. Again, you drafted Chris Carson in the third, fourth round of your fantasy drafts. Uh, you've just been reaping the rewards all season long. As much as we've wanted Rashad Penny to be a thing, and usually we criticize Pete Carroll for for you know just playing the best players. You know, last year a lot of people drafted Rashad Penny because he was their first round pick, and he said, "No, no, no, I'm going to play the best players," and that's exactly what Pete Carroll has done. And, and and kudos to you, stick to your guns, Pete Carroll, because Chris Carson has been phenomenal both for the Seahawks and for fantasy football purposes. This brings us to the the injury to Tyler Lockett here, EY, and he left this game late dealing with a leg injury, apparently spent the night in a hospital overnight. I saw a report just because we, uh, just before we came on the air here saying that you know Lockett should be good to go. They have a bye coming up here in Week 11, so potentially could get him back in Week 12. But regardless, Jacob Hollister, now a huge part of this offense. DK Metcalf, EY, nine-plus targets in three of his last four games. We've really got to pay close attention to this Lockett injury because if he misses any time... That means the value of DK Metcalf and Jacob Hollister will be skyrocketed. I mean, uh, DK Metcalf is definitely probably already owned in your league, so it's not for like sure. you can go get him on the waiver wire. Um, could be somebody could potentially you you trade for. I think everyone considers Lockett, and as do I, the number one receiver on that team. But look, I mean, he he went to the hospital. I mean, it's it's not some something. I mean, that surprised me. I just saw it just before the show as well. He spent, uh, I believe he spent the night in the hospital. I mean, he was on the bench, like talking and sitting there. It didn't seem ultra serious, um, but obviously there's there something going on there, some kind of massive bruise and swelling. Uh, I think they were worried about clotting and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they're obviously precautionary there's nothing more important than health for for any of these players but uh it is scarier as as a tyler lockett owner uh and also as a guy that owns metcalf in a bunch of places so it's a it's a pick your poison kind of thing uh they have the buy this week so you're not gonna have to worry about either guy um and and i think lockett will probably play after the bye week um but the fact that he was in the hospital is scary you have to keep your eye on it ey as somebody who loved will disley i don't know anyone who loved will disley more than you is Jacob Hollister now on that same level as Will Disley? Ten targets yesterday, eight for sixty-two and one. He has three targets over his uh, three touchdowns over his last two games. 
57 or more snaps in back-to-back games, 32 or more routes ran in back-to-back games. Has Jacob Hollister now replaced Will Disley in this offense? Yeah, I mean, he's proven he can get it done. And and also, uh, Carroll and Russell Wilson have shown that they are including the tight end in the game plan. Throwing to the tight end is obviously a big part of the offense. We haven't seen that. What's interesting about Hollister, he was uh, uh, an offseason darling a couple years ago uh, when he was playing in New England. Everyone's like, oh, this is going to be the next Gronk. I mean, he's definitely not Gronkowski. He's not built like him. He doesn't run like him. He doesn't block like him. He's none of those things. And the crazy thing about it is Luke Wilson is still the starting tight end, is going to be on the field uh he was hurt i believe and didn't play um but i mean it's obviously hollister is getting it done and the tight end landscape is a mess i mean we've been saying this for three years i mean if you can get a guy that that is is likely to catch a touchdown in a game then you need to start him every week and hollister is definitely a start every single week going forward jacob hollister only owned in seven percent of yahoo leagues right now I understand that he's going exactly right. Like based on the game he had last week, he had two touchdowns. He has six plus targets in three of his last four games since Will Disley has landed on IR. You got to go out there and add this guy. Even with a bye coming up for the Seahawks, his involvement in this offense is massive. And if you can get a tight end who is being involved this much with Russell Wilson as his quarterback, I think you definitely got to jump on that and you got to like that. The last person I want to talk about in this game, EY, Josh Gordon making his debut. He only played 25 snaps yesterday, only ran 18 routes. But I think that was to be expected, right? He's coming off an injury. He's with a new team. I thought it was interesting that he only had two targets and two receptions. But those receptions were very pivotal receptions where they needed to keep a drive alive, and they went to Josh Gordon. Do you have any interest in Josh Gordon? If he's still out there in your league, you know, based on this injury with Tyler Lockett, we know that Josh Gordon can... Still kind of play. I mean, he's a big body, and Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level. Uh, How much interest do you have here? I mean, I think there's some. I think it depends on on your team and your construction, uh, your league, and 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 how big your roster is, and, and also if you're a locket owner. You mean if you're a locket owner, you mean you could do worse than having Gordon as kind of like a backup to replace him if he goes down. Seattle has shown that, that they trust him, like you said. Like okay, yes, it was two catches, but those are pivotal, pivotal moments in the game where. They're saying, look, we trust you as a player. We know you're coming back from injury. You're learning the playbook. You're learning timing with Russell Wilson. You're just starting to practice now. Uh, But, I mean, I feel like Josh Gordon could run the slant on on pretty much any cornerback in the league and come up with the ball. He's he's a a very explosive athlete and and a big body. He just gets in front of the the cornerback. Russell Wilson is obviously a a super accurate, in my opinion, probably the MVP this year. Uh, He's getting it done big time. And Josh Gordon paired with Russell Wilson is, is an excellent combination. Yeah, it would be really fun to watch. You know, if there weren't as many mouths to feed, I don't know that I have a lot of faith in Josh Gordon from a fantasy perspective because, again, we're talking about Hollister. We're talking about DK Metcalf as well. And I just got this from Inside Injuries. Tyler Lockett is expected to be okay despite staying in the hospital overnight due to extreme swelling in his leg. That means no surgery. Should be good to go in week 12 after the bye. When we come back, we will finally hit on some running backs, wide receivers, and some streams as well. It's the Fantasy BFS right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? Sports Grid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. 
Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the Deflategate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account 
at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only, eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever right here on the SportsGrid TV network. Remind all of you, find us on YouTube at the SportsGrid network. Make sure you subscribe, give us a follow, thumbs up, comment, whatever you want. Join in on the live chat as well. And make sure you check us out on Instagram at TV. Get on the grid. Ewa, I want to start off with some running backs here in our waiver wire discussion. And I had these two names just to throw out there first and foremost. It feels like we've been talking about them forever. Just check to see that they're available. Kareem Hunt, 72% owned on Yahoo. But how about this one, Eli? Darius Geis is only 37% owned on Yahoo. I, I put him in the check to see if he's available because I assumed that his ownership percentage would be higher than that. You know, is there something that we're missing? I mean, I understand that Adrian Peterson is still there, but under Bill Callahan... Their interim head coach, they want to run the football. And the fact that Dwayne Haskins is starting at quarterback for the rest of the season tells me that they are starting to turn towards that youth movement. They have to see what they have in both Haskins and Darius Geis on the field together. So, you know, don't you agree that Darius Geis' ownership percentage should be higher than 37%? Or do you just want to stay away from this offense because it's not going to be a very good one? Uh, when he was healthy, uh, Adrian Peter- Peterson was a healthy scratch and wasn't playing. Uh, I don't know if it goes back to that. Uh, Adrian Peterson has proven to be at least a, a subcompetent. Uh, I don't know. They're definitely looking to the future. The announcement of them going to Haskins as the starting quarterback is proof of that. They're trying to see, uh, you know, get this kid some experience and, and get him some some real time, real speed game reps. Uh, but to me, it would surprise me if Geis isn't the starting running back this coming week. Uh, he looked awesome when he carried the ball. Uh, I think we talked about guys in the offseason, and and I had said that I just watched this interview with him, and he said he had never missed a football game ever in his life from high school all the way through college until he got hurt and missed the whole season last season. Uh, then he played one game and got hurt again. So... Uh, to me, in the NFL, you're proving that you're injury-prone and, and nothing else. You've barely played, uh, so we'll see what happens. But, I mean, Geis should definitely be owned. He could be the starting running back for a team that wants to run the ball a lot. I mean, you could do way worse. Darius Geis is a beast if he can stay healthy. There has been a legitimate series of unfortunate events here for Darius Geis since he has joined the NFL. And... Over the past four weeks before the bye, Adrian Peterson was averaging 18.8 carries per game and 95.8 rushing yards per game. So again, they want to run the football. He was doing so effectively. I don't know that he goes completely away, you know, like a healthy scratch once again, like he was in week one. But I think that they start to turn this over to Darius Geis. And the upcoming schedule for Washington, they got the Jets this week, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Packers. The Jets have been better against running backs as we saw with Saquon Barkley's one rushing yard this past week. But the Lions, Panthers, and Packers are teams that can be run on. So definitely interested in Darius Geis. After that, EY, I think Brian Hill is probably the most sought-after waiver wire target this week that's you know widely available in leagues. Played 51% of the snaps in Week 10 with Devontae Freeman injuring his foot. Carried the ball 20 times. 
against a tough defense, 61 rushing yards. He had two targets as well, and he's a bigger guy, six foot one, 220 pounds, actually played at Wyoming with Josh Allen, and he proved there that he can handle a big workload. His junior season at Wyoming, 349 carries, 22 rushing touchdowns. I think if you are desperate for a running back, you've got four teams on a bye, you lose a Chris Carson, you lose those Packers running backs as well, or you just lost Devontae Freeman. Going up against the Panthers this week, they allow over five yards per carry. I think Brian Hill is probably the top waiver wire ad this week. What say you, EY? Yeah, I would say he probably is. And and look, he looked awesome in the in the offseason. Uh, there was definitely rumors of, of them even cutting Edo Smith. Um, so with with him down, uh, Freeman gone, we don't know really. We don't know much yet about how long. And I mean, and you got to put your claims in today. Um, so yeah, I would go after Brian Hill. I'm doing it in a bunch of leagues. Um, probably won't get him. But uh, in some of them, you never know. You never know uh, what people feel and what they're desperate for at this time of year or if they're even paying attention. So so Brian Hill, uh, I think, could be a really good running back ad if you get him this week. Another running back that you can look at, not that the Detroit Lions have been able to run the football, but Ty Johnson is in concussion protocol, and G.D. McKissick has been seeing a lot of the passing work. I think that the Lions have really gone back to where they were a couple of years ago. They've been relying more on Matt Stafford, although now he is dealing with the back injury, but they're using that short passing game to the running backs as an extension of running the football because they haven't been able to do so effectively. So they're throwing these short passes, and J.D. McKissick, at least three receptions in each of his past three games. He just had a season-high seven targets this past week. Also played a season-high 70% of the, the snaps. So Ty Johnson's in concussion protocol. There's a chance that this team brings in a Jay Ajayi or a Doug Martin or something like that. But I think based on the way that J.D. McKissick is seeing targets right now, EY, especially if you're playing a PPR league, he's likely going, the, going to be in the mix as a low-end flex because... They can't run the football, but they are throwing the football to J.D. McKissick. Yeah, McKissick is a guy that uh, that I own in a few places, and I and I said this. Everyone went and, and spent all their money on Ty Johnson. That was me. And I, I, yep, and I I tried to tell people not to do that. Um, look at, I mean, the reality is is. Carryon Johnson is double the running back and double the athlete that Ty Johnson is, and he wasn't really uh, lighting the lighting the roof on fire with with his carries and his workload. So I didn't think that Ty Johnson could even be half of what he was, uh, and I was right. And, and the reality is, is McKissick has looked like, in my opinion, anytime I saw McKissick carry the ball or catch the ball, he's looked like the better athlete and for sure the better running back. This is a guy that's never really been given a chance, and very well this week could be given a chance to to carry the bigger workload and, and should. So McKissick is a guy that you could add to and, and could be a guy that you ride from for decent production from now until the playoffs. Yeah, make sure you check out J.D. McKissick and we should all just start listening to EY. It, it's just that simple, right? EY has been uh, been crushing it so far this year with the calls on in, during the fantasy football season. And, you know, I, I stubbornly disagreed with you, EY, and, and I went and picked up Ty Johnson for a ton of money and uh, all that has got me is some empty pockets. Don't really have much fab left, and ultimately, uh, Ty Johnson is basically a drop at this point as he is in the concussion protocol. I heard Jim Day, the fantasy Taz, talking about Kalen Bellage on the fantasy football frenzy, and he said, this guy stinks. The only time you should bring up his name is when someone asks you, who is the worst running back in the NFL? Then you can respond, Kalen Bellage. But, but... Maybe I'm wrong for for including this but here, EY, but 82% of the snaps, 
24 touches. Are we really going to leave that on the waiver wire? If you want to say Kalen Balazs sucks, that's perfectly fine. If you want to leave him on the waiver wire, I know you you uh, mistakenly spent a ton of money on him last week in the pit league, but it just seems like when, when a running back is playing this much and seeing this many touches, you probably shouldn't leave that on the waiver wire. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I feel like this comes down to roster construction as well. I can say that I'm mistakenly we're calling that the the Saudi Arabia mishap. Uh, that's that's <laughs> what I'm coining it. And uh, I mean, look, it, that sometimes you make a mistake. I've got a, I mean, I've got over nine teams. Uh, waiver wires take me hours. Um, and it, I mean, at this point of the season, you're just like, oh god, again with the waiver wires. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I accidentally picked him up, and I can say that I've already dropped him. I don't believe in this guy at all as a player. It doesn't look like he knows how to play football or the running back position. Having that many touches and that many carries, being that size and having that athletic profile, and that's the only amount of yards that he can get. Not interested. Ey is not interested, and I don't blame him one bit. But if you're desperate and you Really like bad running backs. Kalen Balazs just faced the Bills this week, who've just allowed 195 total yards to the likes of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt last week, including nine receptions. So the workload is pro- uh, is likely still there. But if you're not a believer, then maybe you look at a Patrick Laird or a Miles Gaskin. Those are the two running backs that are currently backing up Kalen Balazs. I would assume that there's only so much that the Miami Dolphins can see before they start to go in a different direction. I also just wanted to bring up Wayne Gallman real quick here, EY. Still waiting to see if you know what the situation is with Saquon Barkley. I know he was going to go for an MRI. He was banged up in that game against the Jets. Only rushed for one yard. We talked about that a lot yesterday. And he wouldn't talk to the media after the game as well. He just wanted to get out. So see what's going on there. But if you are a Saquon Barkley owner... Make sure you pick up Wayne Gallman. And this is a good time to remind people, EY, that if you don't have the handcuffs for your running backs, what are you doing? I mean, what are you waiting for? It's We're heading into week 11 right now. So, you know, if you were a Devontae Freeman owner, you should have picked up Brian Hill last week once we saw Edo Smith go on IR. If you are a Dalvin Cook owner, make sure you own Alexander Madison. For Leonard Fournette, same thing goes with Ryquel Armstead. The Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. EY, if you don't own your handcuffs at this point in the season, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a bit of a year for me where, um, especially like the running backs that I got early, like the Saquon, the Elliott, I've kind of carried Pollard and Gallman all year. Um, Gallman, you know, had the one opportunity where he looked pretty decent um, uh, when he came in. I mean, look, at he's not Ezekiel Elliott, but good running backs are not available on the waiver wire at this time of year. Like we're sitting here talking about spending a bunch of money on Ty Johnson and, and Brian Hill guys that are the third options on the team. So yeah, I mean, you, if you're not now, then you definitely should be going after or even trying to trade for the, the handcuffs to your running backs. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about some wide receivers on the waiver wire, as well as some quarterback tight end and defense streams heading into week 11 of the fantasy football season. It's Frank Stanfield alongside EY, the fantasy BFFs right here on the Sports Grid TV network. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. 
Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever live on the Sports Grid TV network. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by my good buddy EY Eric Young. Going through the waiver wire, going to hit up some wide receivers and then some quarterback, tight end, and defensive streams as well. EY, let's jump right back into it. 
The players that I wanted to remind people just to check to see if they're available, Jamison Crowder, only 69% owned nice on Yahoo, and I don't understand why. I mean, he's been a huge part of the offense over the past couple of weeks. He's clearly Sam Darnold's go-to guy, and he has the revenge game this upcoming week in Week 11 going up against Washington. Will Fuller just... He might have been dropped because of the injury. He might have been dropped because of the bye week. And we saw what his role was earlier on in the season. He's going to be inconsistent. But again, exposure to that passing attack of the Houston Texans, it's very clear that him and Deshaun Watson have a good rapport together as well. So if Fuller was dropped, uh, go out there and check to make sure that he is not on your waiver wire. Josh Gordon spoke about him a little bit earlier. And D.D. Westbrook, EY. I think D.D. Westbrook is an interesting one. He's only 57% owned on Yahoo, so might be you know, a little bit more widely available than at least I would have thought. Do you buy into that narrative with Nick Foles coming back to play the quarterback position that we see a huge uptick in D.D. Westbrook's value? Because if you remember, in draft season, I saw D.D. Westbrook in some high-stakes drafts go as high as the fifth round. That's how much people were buying into him because Nick Foles does like to target slot receivers. Are you buying in as well? Yeah, for me, like, look at the, the the connection of quarterback to wide receiver is a real thing. We've talked about it a bunch during the off season. I've talked about it a bunch this year. Nick Foles uh, loves D.D. Westbrook. He's proven that when he played that that was his guy, and he's going to have a ton of receptions. Um, I, I know that D.J. Shark has been the more um, you know, the number one receiver there uh, while the mustache was at the controls. But Nick Foles coming back, I believe that goes back to D.D. Westbrook. I don't think in any way D.J. Shark is not ownable, but I do feel like he will not have the amount of volume that D.D. Westbrook has. Uh, so for me, I mean, D.D. Westbrook is a guy you got to go after if he's out there on your waiver wire. Yeah, we saw that in the one preseason game that Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook played together. I think it was they only played one or two drives together, and D.D. Westbrook had like six or seven targets in those two drives alone, so it seems like he is going to be a target monster moving forward with Nick Foles as the quarterback, and make sure you check out the Sports Grid YouTube because... Uh, Coming out soon is going to be the FanDuel hurry-up that I did today with Jim Sonis of Number Fire, and he gives out three players to buy right now in fantasy football and three players to sell. One of his buy candidates is actually DJ Chark. He doesn't think that DJ Chark's production is going to change all that much with, with Nick Foles as the quarterback, so make sure you keep a lookout for that here on the Sports Grid YouTube page. We spoke about Debo Samuel earlier in the show, EY. I think he is one of, if not the top, waiver wire ad this week, but another one who is in that same discussion is going to be Darius Slayton, and normally it's a tough situation to add a wide receiver or any player that's heading into a bye week, but I think based on the way that he played this past week and the opportunity that he saw, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns, he finished as the wide receiver two overall in week 10, and Evan Ingram is still banged up. We'll see if he can return after the bye. Sterling Shepard, I think, might get shut down. This concussion issue is very serious for him. I think De uh, Darius Slayton alongside Debo Samuel, those are probably the 1A and 1B for me in terms of the waiver wire wide receivers this week. EY, which one do you prefer between Debo Samuel and Darius Slayton? I think I still lean with Debo Samuel, um, a better offense on a better team. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I mean, Shepard has been close to playing a couple times. So I do believe that he's going to come back at some point this year and it could even be this week. Uh, 
Yeah, but I, I would go after uh, Samuel first, but Slayton has looked good. I mean, he's a guy that just kind of came out of nowhere and looks to have a real connection um, uh, with, uh, oh my God, I can't think of the quarterback's name. Danny guy. Dimes. Danny Dimes, that's it, Danny Dimes. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that would be the order I do it, but, but Slayton ha- has really shown up in a big way. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, if D.D. Westbrook's out there, he's number one for me. Uh, Jamison Crowder as well. But after those guys, you know, Debo Samuel is out there. Darius Slayton is out there. I think I would have it Debo Samuel as the 1A as well. Going up against the Arizona Cardinals this week, that's a really good matchup for Debo Samuel. Uh, Again, pay attention to the news on Emmanuel Sanders. EY, I saw a few people talking about Randall Cobb in the chat here, and I think he's worth talking about, you know, because... He made the most of his opportunity in Week 10. He dominated the Vikings secondary. Again, you can use wide receivers against the Vikings secondary. They are not the defense that they have been in years past, at least against you know wide receivers. They have not been very good this season. Randall Cobb finished with six catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. He's played at least 76% of the snaps in each of the past two weeks, and it seems like he's really starting to you know, push into that wide receiver two role with... Uh, Michael Gallup, where he's starting to eat into that that snap share, he's starting to eat into that target share as well. You know, he he does. Randall Cobb plays in the slot, which you know uh, has been a very valuable piece for fantasy football wide receivers over the past couple of years. You know, slot receivers have just been awesome over the past couple of seasons. So I have some interest in Randall Cobb here, and the Detroit Lions are a secondary that you actually can throw against, especially in the slot, because we know Darius Slay plays on the outside. Ey, how much interest do you have? in Randall Cobb this upcoming week? I think there's some. You know, I mean, if you have guy, you know, uh, wide receivers on a bye and you need to start somebody, there's you could do way worse than Randall Cobb. Uh, showed up a little bit. I still think Mal, uh, Gallup is is a better option there. I still think that he will end the, the season with more fantasy output than Cobb. But, I mean, crazier things have happened. Cobb has, has been a number one receiver before. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be that, but we know he can get it done. Uh, lining up in the sl- slot, especially this week against the Detroit Lions, Uh, If they get Matt Stafford back, then I think it's probably going to be a pretty high-scoring game, and they're going to need to throw the ball, and Cobb could be the beneficiary there, especially in a PPR. Yep, eight-plus targets in back-to-back games for Randall Cobb as well. The last two names that I wanted to mention here, EY, these are more of desperation plays, bi-week fillers, uh, deeper league ads. Demarius Thomas at Washington and James Washington at the Cleveland Browns playing on Thursday night. Since Darnold returned back in Week 6, Marius Thomas is tied for second on the team with 18% of the target share. During that span, he actually has seven more receptions and 48 more receiving yards than Robbie Anderson for whatever reason, likely because the offensive line hasn't been good. I mean, let's be honest, the Jets' offensive line is a bad one, and they don't give Darnold enough time for those routes to develop down the field for Robbie Anderson. I think that's why we're seeing more work to Jamison Crowder and more work to... Demarius Thomas in the short and intermediate routes as well. Uh, Going up against the Washington Redskins in Week 11, I'm not really worried about that secondary. So I think Demarius Thomas is interesting. Uh, And then James Washington had the best game of his young career. Six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown in Week 10, all while playing only 50% of the snaps. That's the biggest takeaway for me. I I wish that James Washington was playing more snaps. You know, 50% snap share is just... It's not enough for me, but I do like the fact that he made the most of his opportunity here, EY. We've been saying this for a while. We thought that there was going to be a rapport between Mason Rudolph and Washington because they played together at Oklahoma State. It hasn't really happened until just now. If you had to choose between one of these guys in a deeper league, EY, Demarius Thomas at Washington 
or James Washington at the Cleveland Browns? Who are you looking at? Man, I think with the long play, I'd probably go Washington. But for this week, maybe it's Thomas. Uh, but I think if I had to choose, I, I, w- I would go with Washington. I feel like uh, this is a guy, a Blitnikoff winner, uh, a guy that was you know highly drafted. The the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been known to, to draft and pick good receivers. And uh, the, the connection, Rudolph to, to Washington, should be a real thing um, going forward. I think we, we saw it kind of show up this last week a little bit when he played earlier and definitely in the preseason as well. So Washington, to me, has a, a much higher ceiling and probably around the same floor as Demarius Thomas. Let's move over to those streams real quick, EY. And at the quarterback position, again, we have four teams on a bye. We're without Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, who all of a sudden has been awesome for fantasy, and we are also without Russell Wilson. So we're going to need a quarterback, and I'm looking at Kyle Allen as likely the top stream this week. Going up against the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons' defense played really well against Drew Brees in Week 10, but... They have still allowed, you know, some big games. They allowed multiple touchdown passes in every game from weeks three through eight. So I'm looking at Kyle Allen to uh, bounce back, have a good game this week. And I think he's probably the top streaming quarterback if he's already gone. Then Sam Darnold, probably the next one up going up against this Washington secondary. And I think a sneaky ad right now, if you want to look towards the future, again, Nick Foles coming back, the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His playoff schedule, his fantasy playoff schedule from weeks 14 through 16, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Falcons. That is a really good schedule. EY, which stream do you like most here between Allen, Darnold, and Nick Foles? And do you agree with stashing Nick Foles for that playoff schedule? To me, uh, Allen seems like uh, the the safest bet. He's looked pretty good uh, distributing the ball, get, get, getting it out there. The, um, and the the fact that Christian McCaffrey is the running back there, then you have to respect him in the passing game and definitely in the running game as well. So Kyle, Kyle Allen is probably the safest. Uh, Darnold, look at I, I mean I know I the seen the ghost and he hasn't been good all year, but I still believe. Sam Darnold has the tools, uh, and at this point, I believe the biggest thing is just confidence. Uh, coming off being having mono, um, getting up to speed, um, then you know a couple really bad games playing against the best defense in, in football right now, the Patriots, um, getting absolute massacred, uh, and and having his confidence take a real hit. This week, uh, he showed up, uh, looked much better, uh, and I believe going forward, he he will improve every week. So that could be a sneaky one. And like you said, with Foles, just because of his playoff schedule alone. And the reality is, is Jacksonville, is, it looks pretty competitive and somehow sneakily all of a sudden have this really good wide receiving core. So you could do way worse than Nick Foles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, their pass catchers are, are really interesting. We're talking about D.D. Westbrook and, and D.J. Chark as someone that you can still buy. Chris Conley has made some plays this year. Leonard Fournette being used more in the passing game. So, yeah, all of a sudden, the Jaguars have a pretty good core of pass catchers there for Nick Foles to throw the ball to. Let's move on over to the tight end position. Obviously, Jacob Hollister is someone that you would want to add, but you can't use him this week because the Seahawks are on a bye. And EY, to me... There are four very obvious tight ends that you can look to pick up right now. Kyle Rudolph going up against the Broncos has scored four touchdowns in his last four games. O.J. Howard going up against the New Orleans Saints. Again, trying to figure out if last week was real for O.J. Howard or if it was just because they were going up against the Cardinals who are terrible against tight ends. Jack Doyle, who has been very consistent, at least 60 yards or a touchdown in three straight games. He's going up against the Jaguars. And then Jared Cook going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'll tell you what, EY, 
if I had to choose just one of these guys to stream this week, I think I'm looking at Jared Cook. He just had 10 targets last week, and the Bucks have allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, so he's probably the guy that I'm looking at if you just need a tight end for week 11. What do you think? Uh, I mean, not bad. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm going to go with Rudolph. Rudolph has the momentum. Uh, there seems to be a real connection between him and Kirk Cousin. He trusts him in the red zone. And for me, uh, the tight end position, like I said, it's an absolute poop storm. Um, so I'm going with a guy that I think can t- catch a touchdown, and that's uh, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph is the guy for EY. But if you want to shoot for some upside, again, if OJ, ha- if if last week was real for OJ Howard. Being the third option in the Tampa Bay Bucks passing attack has real value for fantasy football. So I understand if you want to take the shot on him, the Saints have been tougher against tight ends this year. But the upside, again, Howard was being drafted in the top four, five rounds of drafts you know, during the summer. And that's because we know what kind of upside that OJ Howard possesses. When it comes to defensive streams, you know, I'm looking at the Jaguars going up against the Indianapolis Colts, the Jets. At Washington, that's right, I said it. The New York Jets, they look pretty good against the Giants. And the Oakland Raiders going up against Ryan Finley and the Cincinnati Bengals. EY, thank you so much for joining me again. Make sure you say hello to Greg Sussman and his beautiful new wife, Judy. For EY, I am Frank Stanfield. Thank you so much for watching. This was the Fantasy BFFs. Up next is Wager Talk right here on the Sports Grid TV Network. We'll see you tomorrow. We hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his 
connection to millions of people who are in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Chubb is going to continue to pound the ball. Catching the ball is not like he's not, you know, he, he can catch the ball, but it's not the biggest uh, shiny object in his uh, in his skill set. So, you know, this is a, a perfect setup, a perfect one and two running backs. Both of them are going to be productive, I believe. Um, Cleveland Browns won. So, you mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, they're winners in general themselves getting to three and six on the season, uh, taking down the Buffalo Bills yesterday. I think I thought Jarvis Landry was a big winner as well. Nine catches for 97 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets against this stout Bills secondary. There's now three games in a row where Jarvis Landry has had double digit targets, EY. So I think Jarvis Landry is trending up, you know, high end wide receiver three, maybe even low end wide receiver two. It's crazy to say, EY, but Landry and Odell Beckham's value might be the same at this point. I don't think that that's a stretch. Odell Beckham yesterday had 12 targets, only brought in five of those for 57 yards. I think Odell Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry have similar value right now. What do you think? What I know for sure is Odell Beckham is the is maybe the biggest disappointment of the year. Um, everyone was for certain that Baker Mayfield was going to be the best quarterback that he's ever played with, and that still may be true. But the Cleveland Browns can't get out of their own way, whether it's play calling, coaching, uh, scheme, whatever it is. I'm not smart enough to know, but this is not a good offensive football team where everyone thought that they would be pretty high powered, especially bringing Odell Beckham over. If to me, if you were to ask me, I would swap them. Uh, Jarvis Landry should have should have been picked before Odell Beckham. Um, That was never going to happen. No one thinks that Landry is overall a better football player, but maybe in how the offense has to run, uh, they're more effective when Baker Mayfield goes back three steps and let the ball out of it, get it out of his hands. When he holds onto it, they're in trouble. And Odell Beckham, uh, look, he can catch short passes too. I don't know why they don't try to get him on more slants, screens, stuff like that. This guy makes stuff happen when the ball's in his hands. Uh, And they're too busy trying to force long balls to him. And that's just not what they're, they're able to do. On the season, EY, Jarvis Landry currently wide receiver 23. Odell Beckham is wide receiver 34. So you're absolutely right. Right now, Jarvis Landry has more value on the season. uh, And I'm I'm not sure that that is going to change. I believe 
know, this was the toughest schedule coming up for Odell Beckham. I'd, ha- I'd have to pull up uh, the rest of what they have going on moving forward in terms of the schedule. Let's see here. Pittsburgh, Miami is good, but two of their next three games are against Pittsburgh. That secondary has been ridiculous since they brought over Minka Fitzpatrick. The Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals in week 14, week 15 against the Cardinals. Patrick Peterson hasn't looked like himself, so... You got a mixed bag coming up for Odell Beckham. The Dolphins is a good matchup. The Bengals is a good matchup. The Cardinals, he should be able to take advantage. But those games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think you're really going to feel good about Odell Beckham in those games. So Jarvis Landry, for me, a very clear winner. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.